Now, I want you to want to go through our subject first, though, from this morning. Uh, if you was not here this morning, I would say to you, not what Sister Crump said, hit the share button, but get the tape. Because you need that word I gave you this morning. Uh, we are in a time in this ministry of what God is doing something, and we got to recognize what he's doing and know our position. And that's my prayer is that all of us in this service and they would, would know what God wants us to do. Everybody can't do, the, everybody can't do the same thing, but we need to know what God has for us. Go to Ephesians. Let's get our subject first. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to look at uh, uh, chapter 2, and we want to start reading, I think, verse 15, so we get our subject. E Ephesians chapter 2, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 1, now chapter 2, but we're going to start verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. When you get this, say amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. Now, this is, gonna, this is what Paul said to the Gentiles to remind them, uh, who used to be us, that we did not, we was not of the covenant in the beginning, and to remind them where they came from. All right, so that's why we're supposed to walk in love. That's all he's doing here. And verse 11 says, Wherefore, remember that you being in time prayer Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand, that at that time you were without Christ being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, because only somebody had the promise was Israel. We, were, we have no hope, that's where we were, had no hope, we were without God in the world. But now, somebody said but now? Right, but now in Christ Jesus, see he's talking about where we are now. You who sometime were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Somebody said by the blood of Christ. Right. So you got to know what you have. Israel had the name of Jesus. That was given to them was the name of Jesus because God kept them in his name. That was the father's name. They didn't have the son. They had the father. You see? So Jesus came that they might know the father that understand their covenant. And to do that, he gave them the name Jesus. All right, but he gave you the blood of Christ. So you got to understand what he gave you. And let me say it again. In verse number uh, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime will fall are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Not the name of Jesus, but you are made nigh by the blood of Christ. All right, his death and resurrection is, how, is why we are here. All right. For he is our peace who has, this is what he did through his death, and resurrection. He is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition was between us. And that middle wall of partition was the law. See, it took the blood of Christ to get rid of. He said, because Christ fulfilled the law. He, to fulfill the law, he had to die. He had to be made sin for us. He had to die for us. All of that was to remove that that uh, law from between us and to make us one new man, which is the body of Christ. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, to make in himself, in himself, twain one new man, he made the body of Christ by making peace. And that 
he might reconcile, and that reconcile is restore us to God's grace. He reconciled us to God in, the, in one body, in the body of Christ, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and he preached peace to us at that time, which were far off. Remember I told you that we were far off? And to them that were not, the, the Israel was not. They could come near God, but we didn't know God. We couldn't come near God. For through him, through Christ Jesus, we both now have access by one spirit unto the Father. See, now we can come to the Father by the Holy Spirit, made now by the blood of Christ because of Christ's death, death, and resurrection. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. You are no more foreigners. Let me put it this way. You are no more visitors. We don't have visitors here anymore. There are people of another, what do you call it? When people come from another church, they're not visitors, they're not foreigners, they're from another location, they, they have another leader, another pastor, but they're not visitors no more. They are the body of Christ. We're going to start acting like it from now on. When people come to this church, they are not visiting See, that's what happens when you go to other states and other countries. We got my daughter right here. I just seen her back from Spain, Italy, Germany, France, my, you know, all those places. But she was visiting. But when you're in Christ, you're not a visitor. Come on, you're in Christ, you're not a visitor. See, that's good news, isn't it? So when you go to another church, you are the body of Christ just like everybody else. So everybody is not of the body of Christ. That's what you got to understand. People can be of a denomination, but they're not of the body of Christ. So we are not here. I'm going to read some things for you after a while. You're going to be surprised how many different churches in the Bible. But that don't mean they're all in the body of Christ. So you got to understand, in Christ is what Paul is talking about here. Uh, we both have access by one spirit to the Father because we're in Christ. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers again. You are no more foreigners but you're a fellow citizen. That's what I thought you were going to say earlier. Look at somebody say, we are fellow citizens with the saints. So if you are in a church and you go to another church and somebody says, uh, where are you from? You say, I'm of the body of Christ. Uh, how are you citizens doing this morning? Remember, your father is the king. That makes you in the kingdom. That makes you a citizen of heaven. You understand? You got to know who you are from now. You're not a visitor no more. You're, you're fellow citizens. You hear my wife always tell you when you get up, you're what? Fellow citizens with the saints. All right? And you are of the household of God. See? So you got to learn. That's a verse you should learn that I'm a fellow citizen and I'm of the household of God. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Well, you don't have to say good morning saints because the saints have been taken out. All right, but you can say good morning to the body of Christ. Amen? And you are built on. Now, remember, we're not come to preach. Uh, our message this morning uh, is called building up the body of Christ. Before I, before I forget it, building up the body of Christ. You're not come to build. The body of Christ has been built. That's what happened when Christ was raised from the dead. Remember, he said in Matthew 16, 18, up on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, the church has already been built. Now our job is to 
build up. All right? All right. So, and we, and are built, and are built up on the foundation. See? Are built. We are built up on what? The foundation of the apostles. That's why when I go to Ephesians chapter 4, when you see he gave some apostles, people take that and say, I'm one of those. You could be, but that's not talking about that. It's talking about God already gave these people and they gave their lives so you can have a foundation. See, the foundation is always on the ground. The foundation is unmovable. And we are built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building are fitly framed together unto a holy temple in the Lord. That's what God's doing now. In whom you also are building for a habitation. This is what God is doing. Why is he building the body of Christ? For inhabitation of God through the Spirit. So God said, for this rock, I will build my church. So what is he doing? He's already laid the foundation. That's Jesus Christ and all the apostles. Let's show you that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. So he's already done that. Now he's building his body up on that foundation. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And he gave some. So when God built the foundation, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, and then he built it with the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He's already built that with men lies. Here in verse 11, and say he gave. See, that's past tense. This is the foundation. He gave some apostles and prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. He already laid the foundation. He gave that. Why did he do it? For the perfect of the saints. See, if we didn't have a foundation, we could not be perfected. For the work of the ministry. There wouldn't be no work of the ministry if these guys didn't lay down their lives. The prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So God did all of that laying on the foundation so he could build the body of Christ. Come on, let's give him a great big hand for that. So that's why, that's why the foundation been laid. Now we are building up the body of Christ on the foundation that God already laid with Paul and all the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All right? Now, and verse number, uh, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, of, of course, we're going to show you the word edifying. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God wants the body to be built up to the head. See, the head, see, see, in the Old Testament, the body was taken out. The Old Testament believer, he was taken out to go to be with the Lord. In the New Covenant, the body is built up to the head. So there'll be one stature in the earth. The body will join itself. That's how long this church will grow. Up, up, up till they meet the head. Why? Because I told you this morning, as he is, 1 John 4, 17, they knew that as he is, so are we in this world. If the body is holy, guess, if the head is holy, guess what? The body is holy. The same authority that the head has, the body has. Because we showed you that he put all things where under his feet. 
where the body has feet. He didn't put all power on his head. He put all power on his feet. What is he reminding you of? Adam and Eve. God gave the power back to Adam and Eve. That's what he's showing you spiritually, okay? Now, and then it says in verse 14, that we henceforth be the most children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to the sea. That's why you got to learn. That's why I'm going to teach you this morning. You got to learn what you're supposed to do so you can keep other believers from being deceived. You can't do that if you'll deceive yourself. All right. By speaking, but speaking the truth in love. Now, this is what a ministry is to do. Speaking the truth in love. You don't have to go out and say, yea, the Lord said. You are the body of Christ. All right. So, but speaking the truth in love. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. This is how you grow. By telling the truth. Let me say it again. This is how you grow by telling the truth. This is how you help the body to grow by speaking the truth. So when you speak evil, lies, all this other stuff, you are causing death in the body. You are destroying the body. So you have to understand that's why the Bible tells you uh, life and death in the power of the tongue, the old covenant, because you got to understand the body is edified with the mouth in the way you live your life. Truthfully. You see? But when you go just the opposite, you destroy the body. You got to understand me. When you get ready to say somebody in the body, always understand the head of the body hears what you're saying. And people do not understand you are the build up the body. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Building up. Say it. Building up the body of Christ. So you got to understand your life and the way you conversation and all your speaking and stuff like that, that's how you're building up the body of Christ. That's why I don't always tell people, the Bible say, I think in Proverbs 19, 17, you can check me out on that. He that lendeth, lendeth unto the Lord. And that's which he lendeth, will God pay him again. All your giving in the Bible is unto the Lord. And people don't understand, they, they wonder why they don't have. And the Bible told you because you don't give. Now it's different when you don't have the gift. That's why I always tell people, start out giving something. Because when you give, you give unto the Lord. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Watch this, shall he give unto your bosom or give to you again. You're not giving to the church this door of faith. You give it to the Lord. He the one trusted you with your money. He the one gives you the money. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. See, we think when we give, we are giving to the church, the local church. No, you're not. You're giving to the head of the church so he can build his body. You have to go back and look at Israel in the old covenant, Exodus chapter number 25. Uh, we're going to do this verse first. Then we go to Exodus 25 and verse 8. Watch this. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Say, Christ, Christ. is the head of my body. So when I give, I'm causing the head to supply my need. See, you got to see it. Philippians 4, 19. This is why people need not supply. They don't give nothing to the head. 
What's the responsibility they had to supply the body need? Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply my need according to his riches and glory. How did he do it? By your head. God used the head to take care of the body, and yet the body would not give what it's supposed to to the head, to take care of them. See, when you rob, you rob yourself. So you got to understand the process is when God blessed the body, he blessed the body so the body will give a portion to the head so the head can take care of the body. If you go back and study the Old Testament, that's what they did. The Levites did not pay tithe. They took care of the body. But when the body got their blessing, guess who they took care of? The Levites. See, that's why when you rob, you rob yourself. See, it's not the church doing faith. No, it's you. You robbing yourself. When you do not give unto the Lord, you rob yourself. And you wonder why you don't have. The same man is responsible to take care of you, the one you cheating on. Let's move on. All right, let's go. Let's, remember, we're going to go to, I'm going to show you this in Exodus chapter number 12. Did I say 12? 25. 25. All right, watch this. Ephesians 4 and verse 16. For the whole body, the whole body, from the whole body, fitly joined together, watch this, and compacted. That which every joint supplies. Say every joint supplies the body. See, every joint supplies the body, but it's really supplying the head. See, you edify the body. Say every joint supply the body. Edify the body. Right, so your responsibility is to edify the body. And that's why he gave you love. See, there's only one body. When you don't love, you tear down your own body. That's why he gave you the husband and the wife, because if a husband don't love his wife, he tear down his own house. All right, verse number 16. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted that which every joint supplies according to the effectual, that word effectual, the same word is effective. Effective working in the measure of every part. Every part supposed to affect the body or to build up the body. Make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So God gave you two things. He gave you faith and love. So when you read, look at Ephesians. Watch this. You go back, watch what he says. In Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number, no, let's go to Ephesians 1, 15. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 15. It says, wherefore, I also after I heard, watch this, of your faith, somebody say your faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love unto all the saints. So they love was to the people. So your, God gave you love to build the church. He gave you faith so you can worship God. He gave you faith so you can serve the Lord. He gave you love so you can serve one another. That's Galatians chapter 5. We'll show you that later. That's verse 13. By love, serve one another. 
So he gave you love so you can build the church by loving one another. The only way the church is going to be built or edified is because you love. So when you got people from another camp, another part of the kingdom, come here to worship with you today, it's a chance for you to show love. When you come here on Sunday morning, you need to be able to say, Lord, who I need to love. Because I'm going to show you how you build the church starting with you. See, the way you can make sure that all your needs are met between you and the Father is to make sure you walk in love. If you walk in love, listen, you don't lack. You got to let God's love work for you. It's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. See, you got to understand, why is he working in you? Because you loving out there. So when you shut up the love of God in your heart, how's your hand going to serve? See, your hands is made to serve. It's made to serve God and your fellow brothers and sisters. So you got to, you got to look at how this thing works. God got it all set up. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, now watch how this thing works. I gave you Ephesians chapter 2, faith and love. Can you see the two things? Come on now, do you see two things? What are they? Everybody. Well, who is love for? Right, remember, remember, you got to understand, that's why you have the cross. You got love and you got faith. See, one of the hands is for God, one of the hands is for one another. So you got people say, that's why you read 1 John, and say, how can you say you love God and, and hate your brother? You can't do it. Because he that loveth God must also what? Love his brother. That's what you got to understand. I'll say this to you right now. If you have shortages in your life or things you need, go back and check your love. Because when you walk in the love, when you walk in love, you walk in the spirit. You can't walk in the spirit and not walk in love. Because God is love. All right, now let's go and look at some more of these because I, I got so much. But we're talking about building up the body, building up the body. Let's go. Did I give you anything already? Proverbs 19, 17. Does it say that so I don't have to go there? He that lend it, lend it to the Lord. Let, let, okay, that says that. And whatever you give, he will give it to you again. Let's let just show you that. So you got to understand some how that works. Proverbs chapter 19. Because I want to show you a lot of things today. Proverbs chapter because I want to show you something in Psalm 105 next. But Proverbs uh, chapter 19, verse 17. So you have to know how God, how God operates. That's why you got to walk in love. Because you can't love God and not love one another. It don't work. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17 says, He that has pity on the poor, lend it unto the Lord. And that which he hath, given that which he has given will he pay him again so i learned a process this is something that i learned uh many years when i first came into ministry we my wife and i have in the middle of our glove compartment in, in our car or whatever we ride we put one dollar bills in there so when we come up on a person that we believe by god that that person has a need now we don't do it to everybody 
I mean, you're not going to be wearing uh, whatever you call kind of shoes and you out there getting money. I'm not going to, we're not going to do that. But you can look at people and tell what they need. If not, I just take a guess. Look like they do. And we roll our window down, not all the way down. You don't want them to pull you out your own car. <laughs> so you let your window down full enough to stick your money out so they can get it. See, I tried that one day. I had a man riding down, the, uh, and I called myself going to reach out, and that man grabbed my, grabbed my arm <laughs> for to get that money. And I mean, I'm going like, no, you don't get the arm. You just get the money, bro. All right. So you got to understand that. But, but that's what we do when we see people in need. We don't complain. Now, I'm going to show you that because that a spirit that you got to get out of your heart called murmuring, complaining. You need to write them down. You can't have those things in your heart. Murmuring, what they call? Murmuring and complaining. Those two spirits will destroy your prosperity. Let's go to Exodus. That's where we're going. You want to see people prospering? They got rid of them two spirits. Murmuring and complaining. You watch people who got them. Every time you want to do good, the Bible says he was present. You know what them evil call? Mommy complaining. Let's go to Exodus 25. Then we're going to go to Psalms 105 because I got something I got to show you from last week. Hallelujah. All right, Exodus chapter number 25. Let's show you how God built the house. See, if you understand how he built the temple, remember we are the temple now. That's why you have to invite people to church no more. Let me say it again. You don't have to invite people to church. Invite them to become the church. It's a big difference. Because people can come to church and never change. See, we can say, will you go to church with me? No, change your prayer life. I'm praying. I'm not praying for you to come to church. I'm praying for you to be the church. Because once you be the church, guess what? You're coming. Ain't that right? All right, now, let's look at this, Exodus chapter 25. Now, I'm going to show you, start verse 1. Watch how they built. And you got to understand what they're doing. People don't realize when you give, you're building up the church. Let me say it again. When you're giving, sharing, caring, those two words you never forget, what they are called, sharing and caring, you never Worry about lacking anything. Show me people always sharing and caring. They'll never lack. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now watch what God told Moses. In the old covenant, people just came out of slavery. And God said, tell them to bring me an offering. God knew they had an offering. Right? Because he gave it to them when they came out of Egypt. Now watch what happened. Some people used their offering to build a calf. Oh, wow. I used up my money to build a calf. Now God said, okay, I want your offering to build, a, to build me a house. Oh, I spent that money building that, building that calf. That might not be your answer, but that was there. Don't look at me like that. 
People wonder why they don't have their offering. Maybe you help build the calf over here. All right. Then he says, speak to the children of Israel that they bring my offering to every man. Bring me an offering to every man. Bring me an offering to every man. Every man that give willingly and with his heart shall you take my offering. That's the heart you got to have when you're going to give to the Lord. Willingly. Not murmuring. Not complaining. Okay? They always take it. We take up one offering, 9 o'clock, one offering, 11 o'clock. Okay? And this, and this is the offering which you should take of them. This is not here. This is Old Testament because they didn't have greenback dollar bills. And this is offering with all check of. We got all kind of stuff over there now. We got what? Earl over there. What, what we got? We got cash apps. Name some more. PayPal. Zelle. Zelle. I mean, you, you got all kind of way to give now. See, you, you used to be a time you go in the, go in the storehouse, you said, uh, I don't know how to do that. They, the thing is not working in the storehouse. Well, we got all kind of ways to give now. All right? So we're doing that so you don't have no complaints and no murmuring. All right? Now, here it is. And this is the offering which you should take of them gold, silver, and bread. Now, those people gave that because they all meant something. All right? Gold represent God, and silver represent redemption, and brass represent uh, judgment. So everything they did meant something. But here they said, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair. Now they did that to build a temple because you go inside of the Israel tabernacle in the wilderness, they had all those things. And the Bible said, ram skin, dyed red, badger skin, shittim wood, oil for the lamp, spices, anointing oil, and for sweet incense. Onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod, in the breastplate. And then they let them make me a sanctuary. They got all of that for what purpose? Come on now, don't get quiet on me. Let them sit. And let them, everybody. Now that I see a hundred people not saying nothing. And let them make me a sanctuary. Well, now who's the sanctuary? We are. All right, let them make me a sanctuary. That's what we're here doing. Building up the body of Christ, which is the sanctuary of God or the house of God. See, what happens if God bless you to give to help build the house of God, but you won't do it. And then you say, well, Lord, you know, if I hit that number, if I hit, you're still not going to give. <laughs> see, that's, see, when people are stingy, they're just stingy. Now, now watch this here. Here God bless you with $100 million. You tell me you can't give a million? God bless you with $100 million. But see, people don't realize where their blessing come from. Because you could get hurt and you can't play no more. And nobody going to give you no more money. So where did you get your talent? That took too long. Come on, what that takes too long for no where did you get your talent from? You could have got it in, in selling DVDs and selling CDs and selling records, but where did you get your talent? You the Lord gave it to you. And yet God make people rich 
and yet they act like they don't know God and don't realize something can happen in your life today and nobody wants you no more. That's what people don't understand. You got to understand. You got to learn what you're supposed to be doing. Building up the body of Christ. So when you need, the Lord will make sure he's there for you. All right, let's move on. According to all, watch what he says. Build, make me a sanctuary. This is why Israel went into captivity. As a matter of fact, one of the books told them that's why they don't have. You read the book of Haggai, it told them why they were broke. Because they would not give and build the house of the Lord. And he told them, that's why you suffer, that's why you don't have, that's why you're broke. Because you did not take care of my house. People don't understand. Now God ain't looking for your gold watch. Okay, don't drop, don't drop your gold watch in the tray. We're not talking about that. <laughs> According to all that I show you, watch, he says, verse 8 says, and let them make me a sanctuary, watch, that, that I may dwell among them. Isn't that something? Make me a house so I can live with you. And people wonder why the Lord is not with you. Maybe you haven't built a house. Maybe the body of Christ is not in your heart. Now, you built your house. See, that's what the Old Testament believer did. They built their house, but they would not build God's house. Oh, yeah, they got enough laid up for them for many years. Did you go back and read the Bible? The Lord told a man about that, didn't he? Find it from it. Just find it from it. We'll look at it. See, you got to understand, don't make the same mistake other folks make. People look at me and say, Pastor Crump, I can't believe that you give all your money to this church. It's not my money. See, you don't get it. That didn't go well with you. You didn't laugh with me. I said, what I have is not mine. See, if you ever, ever understand that, God gave me health and strength. Let me, let me, put, it, let me put it for real. I was laying on a table didn't know I was in the world. Had me hooked up to a machine. God kept me alive and brought me out of that, gave my health back, gave my strength back, gave my life back. Now, how in the world can I sit here and act like I don't know God? My wife know I don't care if what we got. And my wife would tell me, said, we don't have that in the church account. I said, we got it in our. She'd, she'd tell you there's no joke. I tell her, it's all his. Listen, if God did not bless you, you wouldn't have it in your account. You got to start looking at everything belongs to the Lord. I say everything belongs to him. When you have, see, we, just, we say all this stuff, but do you really believe that? My wife will tell you in a minute, I tell her, we don't have it, just take care of business. It's all his. See, when you start living that kind of life, you know what he'll do? Well, this boy gonna make sure he honors me. I'm gonna honor him. See, the Bible called that honoring the Lord. 
The old covenant said, honor the Lord with the first fruit of all your increase. See, when you give them to the Lord, you honor him. All right, let's move on. We're not trying to take no offer. Know how to squeeze up. I'm not trying to squeeze you. That brother trying to get some money. See, I'm not trying to squeeze you. See, I'm just trying to show you how to get, maximize what God has for your life. You want, you want what he has, but you don't want to give him what you have. That's why you have the woman in the Bible who didn't have enough in her house but to make, a, we call it a whole cake, a tea cake of bread. That's all she had. And the man of God said, okay, go make me some bread and greens, girl, let me eat something. Man of God, you don't know that's all I got. I already know that. But I give you something the Lord just said, your meal bag would not run out. As a matter of fact, you would never lack all in your... See, you got to see, we hear, we read those things, but we got to understand how they progress. God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Same God. And I don't care what I got. I said it anywhere. It's all his. All you got to do is tell me how he want me to use it. What do you want me to do? Because I, I know he gave me eternal life. I can't pay for that. I said, I, I can't not pay for that. You already promised to take care of me when I leave this body for eternity. I can't pay for that. Woo. The Holy Ghost is just a down payment on what God has for your life. Let me say that again. Oh, 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 oh. The Holy Ghost is just a down payment of what your future looks like. Now, you know if God can give you the Holy Ghost and it's just a down payment. Oh, my God. I want to see it all. I want to enjoy it all for eternity. Ooh. All right. Now, that's what I got for you. What you got? Okay. That's where I'm going. Luke chapter 12. Man, I tell you, I got to get back to my message or get back to heels. Or maybe I'm already in heels, huh? Luke chapter 12. We got to know how, we got to, you got to know how God bless you. You're the body of Christ. Why would he want to keep anything from you when you sit together in heavenly places and cry? You sitting right there with him. All right, Luke chapter 12 and verse verse. And verse number 16, Luke chapter 12, verse 16. We're going to start verse 13, honey, be beginning of this sentence. We're going to come to your, come to your chapter, sir. That's all I know is chapter. That's why people say, man, you all you talking, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, I talk about Paul, too. What chapter you are? Okay. Verse number 13. And one of the companies said to him, Master, speak to my brothers that he divides inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, man, who made you a judge? Who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said to him, take heed, beware of covetousness. Somebody said, beware, beware of covetousness. A man's life consists not in the abundance of the thing which he possesses. Oh my God, can I say it one more time? Can somebody say it one more time? A man's life consists not in the abundance of the thing which he possesses. That don't make you who you are. And he spake a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I 
have no room to bestow all my goods. And he said, this is what I do. I'm going to pull down my bond and I'm going to build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. And I say to my soul, soul, thou hast much good laid up for you. See, he didn't take care of the Lord, only himself. So, thou hast much good laid up for you for many years. Take it easy now. You can retire now. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you a fool. This night, your soul shall be required of you. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? All that money you got. Who got that money? You gone. See, what happens is you left God out of it. That's what this man did. Don't get quiet on me. Hey, lights. Don't go out on me. All right. But God said to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose those things be which thou hast provided? So it is he that layeth up treasure for himself. I'm going to let him soak in a little bit. And not rich towards God. Well, how does a man come, how does a man become rich towards God? We'll get that the next time. Don't you forget. We will get that the next time. May not be next Sunday, but we're going to show you how to become rich towards God. I got it in there now. Hope. Let's move on. I don't want to get off my message. Go to Romans 14, 17. Romans chapter 14, verse... No, I got to... I got to take about five minutes because I got to show you the end in the last week's message if I don't do it. Psalm 105. Because I got to show you character. Psalm 105. What God allowed Joseph to go through was to build character. Now, when you get that, it's going to be so good to you. When you realize the hell that God allowed that man to go through, it was to be a character. When you realize it, it causes mumming and complaining to wither up. Watch this. This is awesome. Psalm 105, we read this last week. Now, remember in verse number 16, go to verse 16. It was God who calls for the famine. This is awesome. And God showed what he was going to do through Joseph. And Joseph would have to go through the famine. He didn't know it. He was just telling his brothers that what he saw in a dream, he had two dreams. He revealed Pharaoh's dream. But watch this, verse 15. Moreover, he, God called for a famine up on the land. And what did he do? Break the whole staff of bread. So you got to understand what it did. It used up all their resources. My God. Broke the whole staff of bread. What did it do? It used up all their resources. They got to, they didn't have anything. Now God know what he's doing. 
He's getting ready to put Joseph on the throne. But before he can do it, he got to build character. He got to become the man God wants him to become, and God is going to bring him down to nothing and then build him back up again. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Now watch what God's going to do. It's the same picture of how God highly exalted Christ and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name Jesus ever needed. But first he had to bring him down to a servant. But at the end of his ministry, he would be sitting on the throne. But God did not just want him on the throne. He wanted him on the throne with character. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, who, whose feet they hurt, fetters, he was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came. Now you got to understand what that means. Until the fulfillment of the word God gave him to the fulfillment of the vision God gave him. So God wasn't just doing it until his word came. It was until his word was fulfilled. The vision had come to pass. And the Bible says, the word of the Lord tried him. I said, the word of the Lord tried him. And when that happened, watch this, the king sent and loosed him. See, once God had developed character, the king sent and loosed him. Remember, God had to tell the king to do it. Even the rule of the people, and let him go free. Nothing can hold you back once you have developed character. What I gave you last week is what I'm talking about now. Your suffering. It's over. So you're going to have to understand what you was going through your situation for. Let me say it again. When you learn what you was going through your situation for, God was developing character in you. And once he threw developing character in you, he loses you. The suffering was to develop the character. You ain't even got, I'm, I'm going there. The king sit and loose him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house, the ruler of all his substance. I said the ruler of all his possessions. The ruler, he was over now all Egypt, but now he had the character. God don't care anything about promotion. He just want to know, do you have the character? Will you be who you're supposed to be once you get there? He gave him power to bind his princess at his pleasure and gave him the wisdom to teach all his senators. We got to go back and see what this word is. Can you put the NLT on the screen for verse number 19, Psalm 105, Verse number 19. This is an awesome thing. When I saw this, 
I began to look at my situation a lot different. I look at the woman who had the 12 years with an issue of blood. And God said to me, once, her, once she met Jesus and he healed her, her suffering was over. But I guarantee you, through that lesson, she learned character. Then there was a man named Jairus. His son, his servant had been sick 12 years. See, if you go back and look at that story, everybody that God dealt in that story, chapter, end of chapter 4 and all chapter 5, they had a situation where God had let them stay for a long time. You look at that, you'd be like, there are times I said in my life, I said, Lord, why in the world do I have to go through what I'm going through today? How many ever asked God that? You look and see all them other folk out there doing nothing with their life. Why me, Lord? Somebody said, character. Watch what happened to Joseph. I'm gay, I guarantee you God gave Joseph a dream and that dream, that dream was from the Lord. And before you know anything, he's in a pit sold in Egypt. And after that, he was in jail. And you know I was sneaking down there. You already know. And he stayed down there. I guarantee you many nights Let Lord, you gave me a vision from you. Gave me a vision, gave me a dream. It, why am I here, Lord? But God's going to let him share his dream. He's going to let his dream come. Here, here we go. He was there until the time came to, to fulfill. He stayed there. The time came until the time came to fulfill his dream. So God said to me, it was time to fulfill the vision. See, you all keep talking about the vision that God gave me here. But the time has come now to fulfill the vision. Let me say it this way. Now you know why I've been preaching on vision all these months. The time has come to fulfill the vision. And guess what? He has made me ready. Because that's what character is. Oh, yeah, you ain't hear what I'm saying. Let me, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move. You got to begin to see something in your life. God is not allowing you to go through something just to prove he's God. He's God without you going through something. Yeah. Well, well, the Lord trying to teach me nothing. He ain't trying to teach you nothing. He's preparing you. Yeah. I say he's preparing you to be what you're supposed to be so you can be able to run the place. He wants you to run the building. He wants you to be over this and over that. You and I you're a John Am, sir. Got to prepare you to take over the business. Until the time came to fulfill his word, the Lord tested Joseph's character. I say he tested his character. Now write down the word character. Here he is, he saw the famine coming. God showed the famine come. Showed him the famine ended. Everything. He ended up in a pit. His brothers at home just whistling, whistling. He having a good time. All of a sudden, they stuff ran out. And, and, and now Joseph said, oh, hmm. Let me show you why God put me here. 
Let me show you that. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. We'll we get this in a minute. Let's go back and look at two things. Genesis 41, 53 through 57. See, when you learn, the thing about it is, I don't care what you go through, where you learn. Sister Rita take care of all the kids on the other side, right? I really appreciate it. Let's give her a wave. Sister Rita, another. They over there would take care of all the little kids. Praise the Lord. Okay. Genesis chapter number 50. I'm sorry, we started 41. Thank you. Genesis chapter 41. I want to show you two verses. Genesis chapter 41, verse 53. Genesis chapter 41 and verse 53. The Bible said, and the seven years of plenty, the, the seven years of plentiness that was in the land of Egypt ended. Said so the seven years of plentiness ended. ended. Now you remember, here's Joseph. God told him about the seven years. He was able to tell Pharaoh what was going on. When that seven years of print ended, and the Bible said, and the seven years of dirt began. Isn't that something? Just like God showed him. According as Joseph has said, and the dirt was in all the lands, all land, but in all of Egypt, there was bread. Now, why was there bread in Egypt? Can anybody tell me? Because Joseph was in Egypt. You don't hear what I'm saying. You the man got the vision. What you worried about? Vision is always pro. You have pro-vision. You can't pro-vision unless you got a vision. The word pro means provide. When God want to provide for you, he puts you in a vision. So you didn't get it. People just can't get it. Let me say it again. When God wants to provide for you, he puts you in a vision. He puts you with a man that got a vision. When God wants to take care, it, it has nothing to do about how good you are because the Egyptians was with Joseph and they were had provisions. The only reason they had provisions, they were with Joseph. The only reason the guys that his brother didn't have provision, they wasn't with Joseph. So don't ever think you, you're taken care of because you've been so good. You're taken care of because you're with a man that got a vision from God. And God provides for all his vision. That's why I'm keeping reading you here. One day you're going to get it. The Bible said, and seven years dirt began to come. According as Joseph has said, the dirt was in all the land. But also it says, but in all Egypt, they had bread. No, no famine. And when all the land of Egypt was famine, it got worse. The people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Don't ask me anything. I don't have the vision. Somebody said, go to Joseph. Right, you said, that's what Joseph, he is Christ, see? He's the guy, he's one of the vision. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 50. Okay, let's go to, I'm sorry, I'm not done with that. Verse number 56. 
And the famine, are you there? I didn't finish verse 50. I'm sorry, 55. And when all the land of Egypt was famines, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, go to Joseph. What he said, what he said for you to do, do. That, do that sound like something that Jesus ministry? When, when his mother said whatever he said, do it. All right. And then here, watch this. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses. You know what I see there? I see all of the rooms on the other side for children. What, what did I tell them we going to have over there? No, I didn't tell you. I told you what we're going to do over there. I called it. I called it something. Said the last words. Academy. See, I see the opening of the academy. I don't know what you see. Joseph opened all the academy. All those rooms on the other side full of children. And they sold unto the Egyptians... And the famine waxed sore in all the land of Egypt. And all the countries round about came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy corn because that the famine was sore in all the land. They all had to come to the man had the vision. Let's move on. Now let's go to some, uh, Genesis 50. I'm not calling for no famine, okay? But it could be the word. <clears throat> and verse number, watch this. In verse number 18, watch what Joseph is going to tell him before he died. Genesis 50, verse 18. And his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. No, you don't want to show me. See, this is what happened with Christ Jesus, every knee shall bow. That's why I told you that's what happened to him. And they said, We be thy servants. And Joseph said to them, Fear not. Now, what happened here? Character. Fear not. Well, wonder what you just said to somebody sold you need to. And they came to you for bread. Oh, yeah, right. I guarantee you, bro, gonna starve now, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what he said. And Joseph said to them, fear not, don't worry. For I am in the place of God. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Joseph says, fear not. I am in the place of God? He asked the question. But in verse 20 says, but as for you, brothers, you thought it was evil against me. You was really doing me, you want to get rid of me. But God. Somebody said, but God. Yeah, but God meant it for good. See, what, what people try to come against you, they try to do evil. But because of who you are, God meant it for good. Watch what he says. To bring the past as it is this day to save much people alive. That's why God gives a vision, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear not. I will nourish you. See, this is character. This is, this is not anger and bitterness and envy and strife. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. Can you see it? Tell me how you acted. In verse number 22, Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's house. 
and Joseph lived 110 years, and Joseph saw Ephraim children of the third generation, the children also of Micah, the son of Manasseh, were brought up on his knees. And Joseph said to his brother, I die now, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to do. See what? Because he had character. Write down one word, character. The number one word for character is honesty. See, when you got character, you are honest. What makes people different is character. The only way you're different from somebody else is your character. Character is the way you think, it's the way you act, it's the way you live your life. Character is your priorities. How do I know your character? Know your priorities. The next word for character is courage. When you got God's character, you have God's courage. The third word for character is trustworthiness. Once you got character, you can be trusted. Why did God put him where he wanted him at? Because he could trust him. That's why when God puts things in your hand, he's trying to develop character. He won't know, can I trust you? If I give you more next time, can I trust you? Or will you put all in your bank and say it's all yours? And do not help nobody. Trustworthiness. The next one, fairness. It's one thing to be trusted. Are you fair? The next word is responsibility or responsible. Once you develop character, you become responsible. The next is loyal. If you are, have God's character, you are loyal to God. He can trust you. You have developed character. You have developed integrity. When a person has character, he's loyal. He has integrity. The next is merciful. You can see all of this in Joseph. God has placed him where he wants to be. But when he saw people didn't have, although they had messed over him, he was still merciful. Number nine, compassionate. When you're compassionate, you can feel somebody else hurt. God can't use you if you can't feel the hurt of another. The Bible said about God, he, he is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's why it's so hard for him to turn you down. He feel what you feel. Next, caring. See, when you have character, although you can see people who have messed over you going through, you still care. You're not rejoicing because they're going through that. You still care for them and hope them the best. And last, sharing. When you have character, you always share with others. And my time is up. And I thank you for yours. Everybody on your feet. Now that's enough word last year a week. 
Somebody say amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand. Now, if you don't, if you lack character, it's not something that you just pray for. Nowhere in the Bible tell you pray for character. What you go through will develop character. So when you said I want character, you saying, Lord, I need to go through something. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be asking God for character. Sir. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, thank you. Come on, thank you, Lord. Nobody knows what you got to go through in life. But what you go through, develop character. Some of you in this house had to take care of a relative in your life. Could have been somebody who did not walk in love with you, and yet you had to take care of them. But you know what God was developing in your life? Everything that you did for people, it'll come back to you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1, please straighten me out if I'm wrong. Check this out somehow. Put it on the screen. I know if I'm right or not. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the water. This is an awesome thing. This is given to, given to people. What are you doing? You're casting your bread upon the water. Thou shalt find it. It'll come back to you in many days. See, some of y'all don't realize helping people, you know, you give them to the Lord. You cast your bread upon the water. It gonna come back. What you do for others, it'll come back to you. You got to guarantee, I'm showing you how to walk in love. First Corinthians chapter 15 told us, that Christ died for our sins and he was buried and God raised him again from the dead. But through his death, and resurrection, you know what? He provided for us. He provided and, uh, for us and left us his own inheritance. You, you'll be surprised when you doing things for people. You don't know what God's going to do. God could call them and leave you all their inheritance. You don't even know. Just be ready for what God about doing in your life. It's an awesome thing to take care of people who messed over you. Joseph had to take care of them. They had messed over him. But you know what? God was not just dealing with them. God was dealing with Joseph. Because when Joseph got through all his things, God had him to go higher. God had him to be on the throne, ruling the whole Egypt. You don't know what God had for you. Your character would always determine how high God raised you. I said your character would always determine how high God raises you and what he's going to put you over. Can you be trusted with what God's about to trust you with? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, First Corinthians chapter 15, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now he's Lord. He's Lord over all. Won't you worship him? Won't you serve him? My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.